Welcome to the Nurture Hub Pregnancy and Birth Podcast with your hosts, Shari Lyon and Nicola Lay. Together, we bring over 30 years of experience in working with women and partners through education, breathing, mindfulness, and evidence-based information, and nurturing you through this transformation into motherhood. Join us on this journey as we connect with women and partners, mentoring, supporting, and navigating the ups and downs of becoming parents. another episode again we are so I think we say this about everyone because we are so excited to have <laughs> we we've invited the beautiful Steph Oliver in with us today um, Steph is a positive birth consultant she's also the founder of the positive birth initiative um, Steph has been a midwife or is a midwife uh, she's also a hypnobirthing Australia practitioner and childbirth educator and optimal maternal positioning educator as well welcome welcome Steph. thank you Thank you. It's good to be here. Aww. Don't be nervous. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm so nervous. It's just a chat, honestly. Yeah, okay, yeah. But just like having a cup of tea with friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, like, we've connected through being childbirth educators, hypnobirthing Australia practitioners, and when we met up a couple of weeks ago, I'm like, I need to get you on because you've really moved into also more of a uh, passion of helping to educate people uh, birthing people women and partners on creating alignment balance and space in the body through being an omp practitioner so could you just share a little bit about your like your journey you've you've Mm. been working with women in birth for quite a while now haven't you yeah yeah so i'm working as a midwife for almost 30 years um and yeah my passion for omp for optimal maternal positioning sort of came after quite a while after being qualified as a midwife actually um so a few years after being a midwife um, I attended a study day by Jean Sutton who is optimal fetal positioning and it was at that study day that I really understood the started to understand the physiology of birth and that was sort of like two or three years after being a midwife um so before that I was birthing women on the bed you know, doing yeah. what I was trying to do, feet up on hips, you know, mm. all the stuff that I really cringe at now, but still see on one point every minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, so it really opened my passion, it really opened my passion and, and got my mind thinking about how birth actually works and what we can actually do to help um, create the space and the movement that's needed to make birth easier. You know, we're designed really well. We've got a really good design um, and what I could do as a midwife to support that. Um, fast forward, um, so I actually learned lots of techniques then to what we could use to, to help correct if we had problems during labour. So obviously seeing a lot of women, you know, getting stuck at six centimetres or having long prodromal labours for days, mm. um, or women who'd even got to full dilatation and been pushing for hours and still ended up with cesarean sections and thinking there must be another way. So learning the techniques of what we could use during labour to correct these, um, I really saw a massive difference to, to, the, to the women that I was caring for and the difference it made. So I was passionate about that for a long time. Um, and then I attended from optimal maternal position in Ginny's study day. Oh, um, it would have been amazing. On, oh, it was, totally was. It blew me away because it was one of those light ball moments where... She said, you should be using these techniques in pregnancy because if you prevent it, 
you won't have to do the correction techniques in labour. And it was just sort of like, what? <laughs> so started teaching the techniques and encouraging the women to use the techniques during um, pregnancy and was just totally blown away by what I was seeing. So seeing women having spontaneous labours, not going overdue, not um, having prodromal labours, having these nice, quick, easy labours, which... As Shari knows, we look back at the history books, that's what women were designed to do. And, you know, so it's nothing new. It's just going back to basics, really. Um, Because, unfortunately, you know, modern lifestyle gets us to use our bodies in ways that we weren't designed. Um, and, um, And so the tissues, the ligaments can become tight. That can then lead to pelvic and uterine imbalances and then make it difficult for our babies to get into the pelvis. Um, to start with, so that's what causes the delay in onset of labour. Um, the pelvis has got three different levels, so if we work, um, if we've got tightness at either level, at any of the levels, we can run into problems even during labour. So labour might start beautifully, classically get to the six to seven centimetres, and then we hit a big stall because we've got a tight pelvic floor. And unless you know how to release that, it's not going to open and let that baby out. So having knowing those techniques is really important. And optimal maternal positioning is about sort of helping parents to understand true, deep, you know, deeply understand physiology and um, and also how to work with it. Mm. Yeah. I wish you'd been in my birth 10 years ago <laughs> with my daughter. <laughs> I just remember getting given a heat pack and saying, oh, well, you know, it will just, just keep doing what you're doing. Mm. And I'm like, well, it's not working, just so you know. <laughs> she isn't coming. Like, there's no dilation happening here. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I have been that midwife um, giving you, doing that, saying, mm-hmm. here, have the heat pack, or getting the phone call from the woman that's been getting surges at home for three days, stop, start, labour. You know, surges happen at night, and then they stop in the day, and I'm like, oh, yeah, just get some rest, lay down. It'll When it's ready, it will happen. Mm. And not giving them the advice of what to do. Not And whereas now I know what they can do to help that happen mm. and correct it. So Because we were saying this before and people, th- there is a big message within our birth world of just trust your body, your yep. body knows what to do. And it, it does, but it needs more. You need more and... As much as that, you know, we need, we want, we want to, we encourage women to trust your bodies, but there's such an importance with understanding your body. If you, if you understand how your body works and what your baby's trying to do, and it's about making space. And that was, I was the same when I went to Ginny's workshop. It was just like uh, this light bulb moment of it's like, it's, the mother's job to make the space for the baby it's the baby's job to do any cardinal movements and rotations through the pelvis and and it's not just about positioning and that's something that you said you're like I I don't care about the position of the baby it's not about the position of the baby and I think women get so caught up because of what they're being told by oh your baby's you know breach your baby's posterior you need to do you know like this baby's not going to make their way through the pelvis that it's a about women understanding how they can release and make space. So, yeah, can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, th- there, has, there has been this massive focus on positioning. So, And lots of women do get really stressed and anxious about it. And that stress and anxiety is not going to help their labour start. But 
women are often quite surprised when I say, you know, they, they'll say to me, my baby's posterior or my baby's on the right, my midwife wants it on the left and or my baby's breech. And um, like with, I saw a woman today who's got a breech baby on board and and the first thing I said to her was, look, I don't care what position your baby's in. It's the last thing I want to know. I don't. The position doesn't matter. What matters is that we're aligned and we've got the space. Because when we are aligned and we've got the space, our body does the right thing. Our baby wants to do the right thing. It will find the position that it needs to for your pelvis. So not everyone's, everyone's pelvis is the same. Some pelvises favor a posterior baby Mm. so if you're worrying about a posterior baby it may well be right for you Um, so as long as you're doing all the alignment we're doing things that we were anatomically designed if your baby's posterior great you will still have a quick easy labor i've seen many women have really quick easy labors labored really really quickly and then been surprised when a baby's popped (laughs) out posterior Um, and it's because that was what was meant for her pelvis so you know and that's that's right for her so spending time worrying about it is not good Um, we you know we're designed well we really are designed well but modern lifestyle just leads us to use our body different that causes um, the tightness and the strains um, we've forgotten how to birth. You know, lo- you know, I've been told, trust, you know, I've heard lots of people say, trust your body. But unfortunately, we live in a time where trusting your body is not enough. Um, firstly, because of modern lifestyle, and we've got these tight, this tightness and these imbalances. Um, secondly, um, because we've got a system that doesn't give us the time. You know, if we give our body time, yeah, I truly believe our body will intuitively correct it. But when we're not given that time, and what woman wants to have a three-day labour waiting for that to happen when there are such simple preparation or correction techniques um, to actually work with the physiology? So OMP is not about, it's not managing the labour, it's just helping parents to understand physiology and work with the physiology. Um, it's just basically, you know, it's about going back to basics. It really is, mm. um, you know, it's about getting a woman in tune with that intuitive birthing, um, making sure she's aligned and working with that. Um, and we know that women birth really easily when everything's balanced and aligned and the baby's got space to do its cardinal movements because it's those cardinal movements that facilitate labour progress. So if your baby can't move through your pelvis, your cervix will stall, your, your labour will stall. Cervix is not an automatic door. It's not the cervix <laughs> has to open and then the baby <laughs> passes through. Mm. The cervix is open by pressure of the baby's head or pressure of the membranes, which is why some women can get to seven, eight centimetres with intact membranes and then the membranes go and the labour stalls because the baby's head's still high. It's not down in the pelvis. Mm. Um, so knowing what to do and how to correct that's really important. Um, you know, traditional birth workers knew that. You know, when with hypnobirthing, if we look back at the, you know, the ancient depictions of birth, we always see women in upright positions. We see them supported by traditional birth attendants. We see images of birth attendants holding women's arms up in the air. Mm. And you look, I, rem- I can remember looking at them and thinking, why have they got <laughs> their arms up in the air? Why are they doing this? And now we understand biomechanics of birth we can see what happens when a woman lifts her arms and the difference it makes to the opening of the pelvis Um, so having that knowledge and understanding and helping women understand that can then help them to intuitively get back into birth and trust their bodies because their bodies are good but Mm. they just need a little bit of you know help and support in understanding that and realizing that 
So you must have been a kind of standing out from the crowd in the midwifery practice because you'd be the person that would be encouraging movement or but you go into like my experience 10 years ago was you know just lay down yeah but I don't I want to move yeah but the monitor keeps slipping and we need to be able to monitor your baby and I'm like but that's really hindering me being able to move and I feel naturally that my body's asking me to stand and do this really weird side lunge because it's obviously wanting to open up my pelvis more and I'm not able to do that because you keep worrying about the monitor slipping. Yeah, absolutely. I I just love looking after women where they are doing those crazy moves. Mm. You know, you'll see women do these weird dances (laughs) and sort of almost look like chickens, you know, bouncing their legs and moving around. And you just know that they're just correcting a little alignment there, Mm. which is just brilliant. So when we try and restrict that, it's the worst thing that we can do. So, you know, modern um, maternity put women onto beds straight away we restricted the sacrum. Well, if the sacrum can't move, the pelvis can't open. We increase pain for the woman. We increase pressure on the pelvic floor, so we make it more likely that she's going to tear or get some you know, pelvic injury, some incont- you know, an increase in continence um, issues in the future, um, rather than her being upper mobile. Um, look at most birth suites. The bed is right in the middle of the room. Yes. psychologically women their subconscious mind on the tv you always see women birthing on the bed on their Mm -hmm. backs Um, so when a woman walks into a birth suite and sees a bed in the middle of the room often subconsciously without even knowing it they'll just walk to the bed there's research where they've done that where they've had beds against the wall and beds in the middle of the room and when it's against the wall women tend to just lean against it whereas it's in the middle of the room they'll subconsciously go and sit on it even though they may have had some education Mm -hmm. knowing that they shouldn't be on the bed but they'll sort of head that way. So it's I love yeah. that so much. Yesterday I did a um a birthing um breathing birthing technique with a, a mum at home who actually just was did, did the hypnobirthing with Shari, and I looked and I said to her, "We'll go to your house because if you're doing a home birth, that this is where it's going to be." Yep. And I said, wow, you've got this amazing birthing playground. And she looked at me really funny. And I said, all the things that you're learning about through Shari's, through the hypnobirthing is about moving. And Mm. look at this countertop. You could do this. And she was like, oh, yes. And it was like a light bulb. And I said, remember that you're not going to be zen. That's like a very moment Mm. in your birth. It's Mm. using that innate wisdom inside of you to... To, to birth your baby. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right, um, you know, with, with working in the hospital and, do, and getting women off the bed and getting women moving and doing positioning, um, yeah, it, it, it is new for a lot of midwives. You know, you can't... This is why it's important for, for parents to learn it because you can't rely on the fact that your care provider, one, will know. Mm-hmm. Um, two, even if you're birthing at the hospital or even if you're birthing at home, the majority of your labour you're going to be doing on your own. Your care provider is not going to be there mm-hmm. for, for that part. So it's really important that you can understand what's happening and what you can do to support the physiology so things move along beautifully for you before your care provider even gets there. Um, at the hospital, um, yeah, I, I was a bit known for my optimal maternal positioning and used to teach I've taught most of the midwives at the hospital about it um but one point that that stands out for me is um birthing women who've uh, who have an epidural and using like the penal law and remember um birthing women with their knees together and having other mid the second midwife coming in going oh do you want me to hold the leg up so we can open (laughs) the leg to make more room and 
you know, seeing the shock on their face. They're like, no, I'm like, no, no, leave the knees together because that's going to create space at the bottom. And they're like, what? How? You know, because yeah. we, we're so used to seeing women with their legs wide mm. open, which, yeah, parts the tissues and lets you see the top of the head a bit better. But when we open our legs, we're actually making the outlet, the space for the baby to come out, get smaller. And it's only when you really realise that and see that a woman can actually birth with her legs together, it sort of blows you away. And you're mm. just sort of like, hmm. That's what great. I found fascinating going to Ginny's yeah. you know, workshop. Yeah. Just, I'm such a visual learner and to see her demonstrating with that pelvis. And that's why mm. I was like, I need to get myself a pelvis yeah. so I can show this in class mm. and show them. When the inlet's open, the outlet closes. When the outlet opens, the inlet yeah. closes. And showing them, like, I literally get into these positions on the floor and show them, look, if you lay on your back with your knees spread apart, this is actually what it's doing. And they're all like, oh, my gosh, it just makes sense. It does. And it's so good. I love that. I love seeing that light bulb moment in their faces <laughs> because, you know, when you actually look at a pelvis and look how it moves and, and with the uterus and the ligaments – and they just sort of go, oh my gosh, you know, why haven't we been told this? Why didn't mm. we know this? It's a no. It makes so much sense. It's a no-brainer. And when I teach the midwives or the birth workers, you know, I get them on their hands and knees to put their fing- I put get their fingers on their sit bones and get them to open and close their legs. And when they actually feel that mechanical movement themselves, it's sort of like, yeah, wow, mm. this makes such a difference. Mm. And mm. you know, look what we do in the hospital. We put women in lithotomy with their legs oh, open. Oh no. You know. Yeah. So, so, so can I ask a question? Yeah, like sure. I know, is it is it just because it's hard for a midwife to 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 sort of move with a woman like that in birth? Does it make it harder for you to to hold space for a woman as a midwife in that scenario when they're moving around so much? Like what? Because you could tell that I was almost a bit of a nuisance. I mean, I'm talking ten <laughs> years ago, but it was almost a, I was a bit a nuisance really because you know can't see the monitor and it's really important and I kept thinking what's the what's what's the what's the problem here where's where's you know you're making me feel like I'm doing something wrong but do midwives find it hard look uh, look it's like every job isn't it there's good and uh, there's good and there's good and bad everywhere isn't there and I think you know I think the midwives have come a long way in the last Mm. 10 years because there is so much more science and research around biomechanics of birth now and there are so many of us out there really promoting it lots of midwives lots of um, chiros physios osteos you know really understanding that mechanics that that women and a lot of midwives are really starting to get it um, which is which is really Mm. really good Um, when you work with a woman who's actively birthing if they're nicely aligned and everything's going really really well they're easy to look after yeah if you've got some imbalance there and you've got to work one-on-one with a woman working with her head and trying to get her into positions and doing stuff it makes it hard it is a hard work it's hard work (laughs) for a midwife um and you know most midwives are pretty good and happy to do that but for for some you know it's it's hard work it's hard work work. and if you particularly if you don't understand it as well because Mm. sometimes you know we were traditionally taught that you know the cervix isn't opening the baby's asynclitic oh let's put an epidural in and put some oxytocin up because this is going to fix it and if you haven't continued with your you know your professional development and you don't understand the biomechanics and what you're doing and that these things might work 
it's hard to have that belief in them when you, this is this is what we always do. This is the way we do it. And sometimes you see it work and sometimes it doesn't. Mm. So, yeah, there are still some people that are just do things the way they were taught. Mm, fair enough. But there's a lot of really good midwives out there who really are understanding this. And, mm. and we are seeing improvements, as, particularly as women are becoming more empowered and mm. understand more and asking more questions as well. So. And that's what I really love about the Hypnobirthing Australia is that, yeah. that you're encouraged to ask those questions. Yeah. And when you go to see your caregiver, you're going to say, well, I my preference is I'm, I'm going to want to move. Is that going to be okay with you? Mm. And then you get an idea then, don't you, what yeah. that feels like? Yeah, it is. Like with, with hypnobirthing, that's that's a massive thing. Is knowing, understanding your rights for one. That mm. um, you know that hospital guidelines are just basically hospital preferences. They're no different to your birth preferences. They're their preferences. You know, the hospital exists for you. You don't exist for the hospital. You know, mm. your your preferences trump the hospital preferences every time. Um, but well, but we're not made to believe. But that, you don't though. know <laughs> that. Yeah, they don't it's tell you that. Not when language is used like yeah. we won't allow you. To yeah. to do this or we won't allow you to go over 41 weeks in yeah. three days and and unfortunately that's and we've been in sort of indoctrinated with that sort of medical side of things that we sort of feel that when we we are speaking with a medical a medical person or the hospital that they are they're managing us but mm. women have to realize that labor pregnancy and birth is a normal physiological body function it's not that you've got a medical condition wrong with you that you need this specialist to help you um you don't you can make informed decisions for yourself if everything's normal and straightforward then what's you know it's your choice you know it's what's your choice even if it's not you know it's about you making an informed decision and um and that's you know that's the important thing for them to understand so learning how to navigate the system how to ask the right questions how to know their rights and and ha have the right support team with them are all key um because you know people they people you do get treated very differently at the hospital if you come across more informed and people really understand um you get offered more options than mm -hmm. most definitely rather than um, just what, what the guideline of the hospital recommends. Mm -hmm. And you've got to remember that those guidelines, those hospital preferences, um, yeah, they are an interpretation of the, of the evidence most of the time. Some aren't interpretations of the evidence. They're just developed for the running of the hospital. Um, but they can be very different from hospital to hospital. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't follow the correct evidence. And most of the time, most women will find that there is a lot of evidence that actually supports what they want to do mm -hmm. rather than the hospital preferences. So, mm -hmm. But you don't know what you don't know. No, no. And that's, I think, why we do this podcast yes. is just to try and, like, and I say this in so many episodes, yeah. like... We, none of us are here to tell you that there's just one way of birthing your baby, but it, it's about you stimulating the right questions. And again, taking from Biddy Dansby's quote, mm. which I now use all the time, mm. like the quality of the questions you ask determine the quality of the answers you get. Yeah. And to be able to understand, and if you don't, if you feel you don't know something, ask, mm -hmm. ask or do your own research. Um, can we please speak to maybe or your, you know, what you've experienced as a you know, midwife and birth worker for so long? What do you see are the most common roadblocks? You talk about roadblocks. Yeah. Like I just, oh, I've got quite a few mums at the moment. They're like 41 weeks and you can see mm -hmm. that they're getting pressure. frustrated and they, yeah. they know the pressure is coming yeah. and they, you know, we've got this timeline put on us and, what you know 
Well, that, that in itself can be a roadblock for women mm. is just having that pressure of that timeline, yeah. um, most definitely. Because as you know from hypnobirthing, the body can be ready, the baby can mm. be ready, but if the head's not ready, no. those hormones <laughs> aren't going to flow. Exactly. So working on that headspace is really, really important. Um, for me, from, um, from an optimal maternal positioning point of view um, and from a physi- birth physiology point of view, um, a big common cause of labours of pregnancies look some pregnancies it's normal for them to be over 42 weeks mm. we don't know what a normal pregnancy is you know nagal you know mm. you know we we came out with these like due dates and these these numbers we don't know what it is it's different for everyone but we know the vast majority of women um birth well before 42 weeks um the women that head towards that way um from a biomechanics point of view I believe it's because we've got a lack of space and that baby hasn't got its head down onto the cervix so um, in order for labour to start spontaneously and for labour to progress the baby needs to do its cardinal movements that's what gets labour going and it's what what enables labour to progress so I often find that if I've got a woman that's going overdue um, you you can usually put it down to the fact that the baby's not down against the cervix well enough so we've got to work on getting some flexion on the head creating space in the inlet so the three levels of the pelvis so if labor's going on it's probably the baby hasn't got into the inlet well it hasn't got down to the next level so doing work on that is really important um, and trying to create that space because if we can get the baby in the right position labor usually will start you know if we can get that baby into that pelvis labor will usually start um yeah, so that's really, really important. Mm-hmm. But getting the head in the right space is important, but making sure that the alignment's right. Otherwise, you're going to get the prolonged pregnancy, um, and then you're also going to get the stop-start prodromal labours. And stop-start prodromal labour, classic, baby not down against the cervix. So you can wait for four days. It's unlikely to move unless you create the space to get that baby down. Mm. This is why, I, you know, even the, in the Hypnobirthing Australia program, I try and bring this information in, but there's only yeah. so much that I have time to yeah. share and that's why now I'm, like, throwing them your way. Yeah. I'm like, please yes. go and do the full education. Yeah. So like, that's what you do now. That, is like That's what I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I um, show them... I really get them to understand the physiology, which gives them that light bulb moment that Absolutely. then lets them focus on the prep. So mm-hmm. I passionately believe that... If we make these minor changes to your lifestyle, so I look at how women live, you know, what they do, what their daily movements are, um, and women will say to me, gosh, yeah, I do yoga and I go to the gym or I go for a walk. And I'll go, yeah, but what do you do for the rest of the day? And most of the day, you know, you're driving around in your car or you're sat down and we sit with our tailbones yeah. tucked under now. And a tailbone that's tucked under is going <laughs> to... Look at you correcting your position. <laughs> is is going is to cause tension and imbalance in your pelvis. So we have to work on making those minor adjustments... Mm. Um, you know, and we do, we just don't want we just don't want that. That's that's what what causes us problems there. Um, I look at um, letting them understand the physiology and the little movements that they can do to soften the fascia, the tissues, and the ligaments, so we've got that balance. Now I know that if they do those little prep movements, so the little prep that they do before. Um, Often they don't need to have the correction techniques during labour. Mm. I do teach them the correction techniques um, because just like hypnobirthing, it's good to have those power tools in your mm. toolkit mm. because if you do hit a labour stall, 
or you um, have been pushing for however many hours and you're getting nowhere, um, you know, you can use those tools to, to release that pelvic floor, to create the space mm. so that your labour then can continue. But what I found is that the more women do practice these movements and get their body into alignment, they don't need it. I get so many texts from women saying, oh my gosh, I had a quick labour, only just made it into the pool. <laughs> you know, these are these four or five hour labours, you know, and it's because when that baby's there, in you know, when that space is there, that baby finds the right position, labour starts spontaneously and progresses really smoothly. And that's mm. how we were designed, you know, yeah. to be protected from predators. Labour wasn't meant to go on for days. It was, mm. you know, start of a night time, build up nicely and all be done and dusted by morning, bef- you know, so, so you're all nice and safe. So yeah. Sounds so good. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's about going back to basics. So how can you share information to help uh, women or birthing people understand what and see the signs of these roadblock blocks yeah. when labour has started? What are the most common roadblocks you find or signs of these roadblocks that yeah. then they may need to consider understanding what positioning or releasing that they need to do yeah. through labour? Uh, well, I think it starts even before labour. So I think that um, in pregnancy there are masses of signs that we have got an imbalance problem. And unfortunately, they are a lot of signs that women get told, this is normal for pregnancy, <laughs> just suck it up. Normal to get a, back, a bit of backache, a bit of pelvic pain, sciatica, you know, um, SPD, um, okay, pubic, all that's yeah. normal. SIJ, you know, sacroiliac joint, ligament pain oh that's all normal it's just normal pregnancy that is not normal that is a sign that you have got an imbalance that there is an issue there that is going to continue and probably get worse for throughout your pregnancy making it very uncomfortable and then you're going to get very miserable um and when you you know could definitely impact the onset of your labor how long your pregnancy is and it can also lead to a roadblock a stall or a slowing during your labor as well so uh, being able to identify those imbalances in pregnancy and those where things aren't right and seeing birth workers seeing chiros you know chiro physio osteo Mm. you know acupuncture is great as well just for softening and balancing getting work on that and working on your alignment um, is a really really big thing mm. so those are a lot of the early signs which are really important um, during labor and birth if you when labor starts it's designed to be progressive so labor usually starts and with each surge it should be progressive it should each surge they should start getting closer together lasting longer and longer intensity mm-hmm. going up if it's not doing that there's, an, there's probably an alignment or some or some problem there. So I always say, always check your head first, get your head right first, do your breathing, your relaxation, your movement, um, and then do um, the, your positioning techniques, just your alignment techniques, and then it usually just gets things nicely back on track. So if you've got a labour that just doesn't seem to be getting going, if it's stop-start, then you've probably got a baby that's got a bit of a tipped head, um, or is a bit deflexed or is a little bit high and just needs a bit of extra space to just slip down to the next level. Mm. It's easy fix, mm. easy fix, but only if you know how to do it. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And, the, I mean, the uterus can help them do those pivots and rotations yeah. on the pelvic floor and things, don't they? Yeah. Because can you talk a little bit about how an epidural can affect the pelvic floor? That, mm. yeah. Yeah, the epi- epidural actually relaxes the pelvic floor. Mm. Um, so an epidural... Epidurals 
used for the right things can be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I am not anti-epidural. I think epidurals mm-hmm. used properly can um, can prevent a cesarean section. They can be mm-hmm. great. And I've, I've seen them used really, really well when we've had complicated labours. Um, what an epidural does is it, it will relax the pelvic floor and it gets rid of the discomfort. So, so obviously, if it's been a long labour, if there's tightness there that we can't correct and, um, and we relax that pelvic floor. Um, the trouble is that the majority of women, when they have an epidural, will then be sat on their bottom with mm. their sacrum closed. Or some midwives will sit them directly up. They'll go, oh, we'll use gravity. It's an active birthing position. We've got gravity. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, you've got gravity, but the sacrum can't move. And we've closed the top of the pelvis. Um, and that's why it's important with an epidural that we use active birthing positions. So even with an epidural or even if a woman is resting, because obviously during labour, women want to rest as well. Mm. Your body will want to rest. That when we are resting, that we use active rest. So when we've got an epidural or when we're resting, um, we can still use positioning um, to enable, to help create the space at the different levels so that the rest is actually productive rest. So the uterus will surge and it will move the baby down. Um, And if we use positioning to help open each level, depending where the baby is, because some positions and some movements that we do will open the top or close the top or close the bottom, open the bottom. Mm. So some movements can be beneficial. Some can actually be working against you. Um, So knowing what to do and get those um, levels opening nicely can, can make birth really easy. I've had, I've, seen a lot of women with epidurals where we use the peanut ball um mm. use it really well and so good and suddenly you know they'll go um you know oh gosh i feel like i've got this pressure in my bottom and you'll look and the head will be visible mm. <laughs> um, you know i've had women with epidurals who haven't bared down haven't pushed down have just lay on their side and the baby so has just good. Yeah. yeah because if the baby that. is that that's mm. the that's the mechanism of labor those are yeah. the cardinal movements and the uterus will birth the baby, the baby yeah. without a woman having to actively push and hold I the breath. That. You know, yep. the body will do it. And mm-hmm. it is just unbelievable when that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's lovely. It's really, really nice. I actually had a midwife in my in my course and when we were talking about um, epidurals and positioning and things like that, she said that there was this young mum because of the fear just wanted the epidural straight away yeah. but they got her in these positions with the peanut bombs like okay well you know we just like <laughs> well, i'm just gonna go to the toilet quickly this midwife just literally like checked everything was fine yep. left the room came back this mum didn't even know that the mm-hmm. baby had slipped out and yeah. was on the bed underneath yeah. the sheet yeah yeah no <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely I've, I've seen i've heard that before like yeah. absolutely um you know I, and it, it just really is so important. Mm. I mean, often where an epidural w- is often suggested, wh- you know, is where a woman who, you know, she may have got to the hospital, laboured really beautifully, um, you know, she's got there, they've examined her and she's like six or seven centimetres, only been labouring a couple of hours and they're like, oh, get in the pool, everything's great. And then, you know, four, five, six hours later, there doesn't seem to be any change. So they examine and she's still six centimetres. Only this time they notice that the baby's got its head tipped to the side, it's asynclitic. So that's an indicator that we have got a really tight or imbalanced pelvic floor. So if you do work to release that pelvic floor at that point, often we can just release it and then labour will get back on track. Um, the, hosp- the hospital's answer is normally, yeah, let's do a little bit of movement, maybe give it another couple of hours and see if it changes. If the pelvic floor hasn't released or balanced, she'll still be six centimetres because the baby can't get past that roadblock. 
So then the next recommendation then would be let's we need to have an epidural and some oxytocin. Mm. And so often, and I've seen this so many times where an epidural has been put in, you get them onto the bed, they're all good, we do the checks, and then suddenly she's fully dilated because the pelvic floor is relaxed from yes. the epidural and the baby has just shot down because mm. it can now complete its cardinal movements. Mm. So basically the epidural is relaxing the pelvic floor, which is where it can be beneficial sometimes, but you have then took on the risks of the epidural as well. So, mm. yeah, it's um, it's one of those. I had a perfect example of this about two, three weeks ago, and I got a text from a mum that she in labour, yeah. went up to the hospital, labour, I mean, she was still experiencing surges or contractions, but through a vaginal examination, the obstetrician discovered feeling of forehead, so mm-hmm. this baby was deflexed. And this obstetrician was trying to push and say, well, we need to, you know, open the cervix, let's give you syntocinin. Um, and she messaged me and she's like, I don't want that. Yeah. I know we can do things. I've been trying to do the forward leaning inversion. What else can you recommend? And I'm like, you need to do the full. And that's where in that in yeah. our group, and you said she needs to do the, do full, the reversal, yeah. full reversal. <laughs> and so I resent her the videos and... Um, you know, she advocated for herself because... It, what pressure it, during labour? Yeah. But, but <laughs> Hang on, I've just got a YouTube something. <laughs> but this is kind of where it's, you know, you kind of think when, when we now understand this, you kind mm. of think, where is the rationale thinking of that caregiver going, well, this baby's not in a good position, let's just increase the intensity of the contractions, but it's not mm. fixing the problem yep. of the baby being in a deflex head position. Mm. It's going to make it intensify it and make it worse for either the mother or the baby and you said look sometimes it can push them to come into a flexion but it thank and she i was like i'm so glad you messaged me because then she messaged me the, the next day and, and said yep we did it the baby shifted turned they she needed a little bit of assistance at the end mm-hmm. but she was like she avoided the epidural mm-hmm. and that was such a positive outcome mm-hmm. but she remembered that she had these as her toolkit and reached out and I'm like I say that to my parents I'm like if you're in labor like reach out if you need Mm. I can obviously I would never tell you to go against medical advice Mm. or anything like that but if we can try and come up with a bit of a plan or at least something that if you know you could try this for an hour or so that could then save you hours of long drawn out labor then it's been worth it but if you don't try it you end up in lot a long, you know, hours of long drawn out labour. You end up with the epidural cesarean. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to reflect back and be like, and could have done something. And that's the issue, and that's the problem, and that's what I've seen with lots of women debriefing is that at the time they're they're usually okay with the decision. They're relieved it's over. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh gosh, yeah, this happened. But then down the track, when the adrenaline, the excitement of the birth's worn off, they then start going, oh, what if I'd have done this? Mm-hmm. Like, would it have been different? Um, because her outcome could have been very different. Mm-hmm. You know, she could have had the oxytocin, that baby could have been rammed and wedged mm-hmm. tighter, and then she might not have been able to achieve a vaginal birth. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know. You know, yeah. in hindsight, you just don't know. Um, but, um, but yeah, that, that, that is what they do because that's what they're trained to do. Don't forget, they're trained yeah. surgeons. They, they learn these skills. They don't get exposed to normal very often. Um, and mm-hmm. so they don't really have the trust that we have in normal because they don't see all of that working they they've got their tools and their skills and they want to use those and they've always got an answer for it so you know if we put the oxytocin up and it's too much for you we'll give you an epidural you know mm-hmm. and you know and then you can have a nice sleep and you know if that doesn't work we can you know do th- there's always an answer for something and and they've it's always got so an answer sad that that's 
like wish there was a different way a a more of a different way look that and that's why I am so passionate about this because you know well both like you know hypnobirthing and optimal maternal positioning I think get your head in the right space your body in the right space the most important thing my biggest advice to any pregnant couple is do everything that you can to ensure that your physiology is good that your labor you give your body the best chance to start labor spontaneously that you have got enough space there for your baby to do the cardinal movements and that your labour progresses smoothly. Because if you have a labour that starts spontaneously, your labour progresses smoothly, you're not even going to see an obstetrician. You know, nobody's mm. going to be interested in you. It's only when you start hitting those unrealistic timelines that, that they want to come in and start doing stuff. So the biggest thing that you can do is, is prep your body as good as possible that you create that space that you're mm. soft you're supple you, you know your 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 pelvis can open you know our body craves mobility you know it so really much does. in pregnancy so much so that in the third trimester we release relaxing to make our body more mm. mobile you know but modern lifestyle has, has tightened that mm. and the positions that we are tr- now currently um you know recommending for women being on beds or sitting down and um you know impede that so we've just got to get back to basics and and do all the stuff that's going to get the head in the right space get the body aligned Mm. labor will start and progress smoothly and you will not be subject to intervention then or suggested or recommended and i think for listeners that have had uh, a a difficult first birth Mm. and and you know every time i hear Ginny talk and i'm listening to you today it's a sadness in me because i never got to have a vaginal birth with either of my babies And, and I did do all the protocols, but I had a problem with my pelvis. But mm. I wish that there were more. So if you've had a hard labour first time and you haven't had the birth that you were dreaming of, yep. this is such a good time to be empowered to go into the second birth saying, I want that. Yep. I want to I, I take this information now and go and create that birth for yourself. Yep. Look, it's you can't guarantee anybody a vaginal birth. No. You know, you definitely can't. Um, you know, we we know that you know all the evidence shows us that you know there will be certain pro- you know there's certain conditions that will develop. There are certain problems, which is why we've got to prepare women for a positive birth Absolutely. because we can't guarantee them that. Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that. 37% of women having a cesarean section, you know, all of the interventions that we're doing, we know that the majority of it is unnecessary. So for mm. a big bunch of women, we can make a massive difference. Um, in my OMP classes, I, I tend to get a lot of women who are having their second baby, who have had that long drawn out labour or not had they, the birth they wanted first time and are now searching for that extra information. Yeah. And again... They always say the same, you know, they're always, I wish I knew this first time. Mm. Why didn't my midwife know to do this? You mm. know, why, why, why? You know, lots and lots of whys. Mm. Um, and, um, you know, and, and say, you know, this is something that everybody should know and everyone should do. So, Changing the way. You, changing you, the way. Yes, changing the I way. I love this. Birth. That's yeah. what we want. Empower- mm. And it's about giving, it's about parents taking their power back, you know, taking yeah. their power back owning their birth, being responsible for their birth, responsible for the decisions that they're making, the preparation they're doing, and then the movements and the techniques that they use during labour when, if they do hit any roadblocks at all, that they can say, hey, hold on, I'm just going to try this first. Yeah, that's fine. My baby's okay. I'm okay. I'm motivated. Mm -hmm. The evidence backs me. 
Mm. So give me the time. And I love it. I think the men or the birthing partners need to be really on board with this because yeah. you're the ones that say, hey, come try this with me mm. or have we, you know, really giving that feedback yeah. to their partner. Totally. And and at the end of the day, it's the, it's a lot of, it's the same with hypnobirthing. The class is basically all about the partners than it is <laughs> more about the woman. <laughs> it, it totally is because, like I said, when a woman's birthing, we don't want her in her conscious mind thinking, what shall I no. do? You know, yes. I, I say to all my all my partners, I go, hey, right, you, you're not going to be saying to her, do you want to go in the shower? Do you want to sit on the ball? You don't ask any of that. You no. just you just need to be thinking three steps ahead. Mm. Every so often she's going to hit a wall and go, oh, I can't do this. And you're going to go, right, let's, and you're just going to move on. So you've always got to be thinking, knowing <laughs> what to do. Um, knowing what to do, knowing how to identify when things aren't going. You know, is there a are these surge patterns not quite right? You know, do we need to do something to open up? That you know, we're at this early stage here. Let's get the arms up. Let's get do these movements. And you know, look at the cheat sheet. Look at what you can do at each level of the <laughs> pelvis. You know, and uh, and they feel so empowered because you know I've been at thousands of births where. Um, you know, partners sit there and they just feel so useless. They okay. don't understand birth. When you don't understand birth, mm. it can be really scary. Um, and when you don't know what to do, you just feel powerless. And then sometimes you say stupid stuff and suggest <laughs> stupid <laughs> stuff. You know? yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> so, really? <laughs> yeah, they get tired. They get hangry. You know, they get, you know, this is rubbish. You know, this isn't right. Something's not normal. And, you know, many, many partners I've had to take outside and go, hey, let's go for a cup. You need to go for a cup of tea, go for a fresh air. <laughs> She's coping beautifully. This is normal. <laughs> You're not coping, mate. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they come back with their renewed energy <laughs> and they're fine. And, I, and I, I normally liken it to sport. I go, hey, she's at 41K in the Gold Coast Marathon here. Yeah. You know, yeah. you wouldn't take her home. No. You know, you are a cheer squad now. You've got to get her over that line, you know. Yeah. Because if that if that support team crumbles, it's hard to get that woman back because she'll totally. crumble. She crumbles as well then. Whereas if she's got that belief around her, you see that... I've done it, mm. you know, I've yes. done this, I've done it, you know, and you think, yeah, we're not quite, but you're like, yeah, yes. <laughs> we're nothing, there, we're there. There's nothing more amazing and beautiful as to watch a birth partner absolutely hold that space for their for their woman. Totally, totally. Mm. I, um, I've cried at many mm. births, and um, usually because of, because of the dad, the partner, and their face, and what they're doing, and mm. watching them fall in love with their partner. Oh. You can feel that love and oxytocin. Mm. You see them have this amazing respect for them, mm. and and fall in love with their partner, and watching them work together. And for me, I mean, it gives me just goosebumps. Oh, me too. The, just, emotional now. Just seeing, <laughs> a, a, you know, I haven't caught a baby in years. Like you know, the dad to see mm. a dad catch his own baby and see his face I always watch the dad's face at birth <laughs> and it's just it's just oh it's it's Aww, amazing it's so, yeah but um but yeah because birth is about them you know yeah. we are privileged to be there mm. you know we're really privileged and it really should be about holding that circle of space around them letting them work intuitively mm. together watching them problems you know watching them problem solve themselves mm. together and do their thing and yeah, they need, you know, dads need education in that. We don't mm. have that presence at birth anymore like we used to traditionally. We don't have the proper traditional birth in attendance. We lost all that wisdom. 
mm. you know, and now it's time to get it back yeah. and give it to the parents. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, what a beautiful quote oh. to end this amazing <laughs> interview with. Thank you so much, yes. Steph. Thank you. How can, how can parents learn from yes. you? Please share. Um, well, they can, yeah, they can, well, if they're on the Gold Coast, I know you yeah. do, like, so what so, are your parent classes, like, what? So, on the Gold Coast, yeah, on the Gold Coast, I, um, I run face-to-face sessions at Shoes Off Living Pilates Studio in Narang, so I do face-to-face sessions there, um, I also do personal consultations where women can contact me, I saw a woman today who's got a breach where I'll do corrective movements with them, um, or I can come and do, um, private OMP sessions that are designed for you, so we can work on what you need do you want some some parents just want to know the labor correction techniques um but then i get them to inco- to practice them during pregnancy that then usually they don't need them <laughs> which is great um so yeah private consultations i do private home um omp courses um and also online as well for anyone that's not on the gold coast amazing oh it's been and you can so go and steph at uh is positive positive birth, birth initiative, initiative on yeah. instagram she's Sharing lots of like reels and videos, I love it. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. We have, oh my gosh, that hour went yeah, by so really fast. fast. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll definitely have you back on in the yeah. future. Great. Thank Thanks. you so Thanks. much. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed this episode and that it's helped you on your own journey. We would love it if you would subscribe and leave us a review. To learn more about our individual online or face-to-face courses or be mentored by us for your own birth, please see our show notes for the links to our programs.